On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, I'm Nick DiMatteo, and welcome to Music is Everything. This is the podcast where I take a musical idea, philosophy, belief, uh, opinion, and uh, discuss it in detail, verbatim, and then extemporaneously afterwards, and try to uh, connect it to things in real life as well. If you like this podcast or my other podcast, Music Is Not A Genre, or any of my live or recorded work on this page, please take a moment and subscribe. It would mean a whole lot to me. I like to grow the family. Uh, more so, if you see something that you think someone else would like, please take a moment to copy and paste that link and share it with them. Sharing uh, is caring, I've heard. And uh, you'll be happy to hear that uh, my setup has been semi-restored. It's still in, in flux, but at least I have an actual monitor now that I'll be reading this from verbatim. That, by the way, is uh, my cat, Jules. So uh, feel free to say hello to Jules at any point in this conversation. And now let's get to it. This week's topic is In Service of the Song. Why Chops Are Often Anti-Music We like to keep stuff in our homes. Stuff we need and stuff we love. Some of it we're even proud of and want to show off. Works of art, family heirlooms, favorite pieces of furniture, photos with fond memories. We display that stuff prominently in places that make sense and give it space to be appreciated like the favorite art and photos on the living room wall above the favorite furniture, which has on it some favorite keepsakes. We don't use grandma's afghan as a toilet cozy. Or put the couch right in front of a door. We don't hang photos on top of other photos or put 35 ceramic vases in the middle of the kitchen floor. There's a place for everything, one that supports the value of that thing and allows it to shine. So like, what the hell does that have to do with this week's topic? Songs and chops relate to this how? Here's how. Musicians create ideas, words, melodies, harmonies, chords, licks and riffs and solos, etc. They are inspired to bring these ideas out and do something with them. And some they're even super proud of and want to show off. All of those ideas need a place to live. A piece, composition, backing track, song, a musical framework. 
one that can provide both strong support and the space to shine. It has to be worthy of containing all that inspiration. Let's say a framework, a song, is only there for support. It's kind of slapped together so the musician can get to filling it up with inspiration. Or let's say the underlying song is well-written, but the musician or singer stuffs every second with one big idea after another. There might be some great playing and singing, but so what? It doesn't hold up when any one part of a song takes over to the point that it either obscures the song's purpose or worse, shatters the song's structural integrity, it loses the ability to get across the idea it's trying to convey. It's less memorable. It's less memorable. It explodes its own shine. And this is where the chops part of the conversation comes in. If you aren't familiar with this term, it just means being really good at an instrument, including the voice. Some musicians and fans are obsessed with chops. They aren't just impressed by feats of technical greatness, they insist on them. They don't think music is worthy unless every part of it passes technical muster. To them, it doesn't matter what context these chops are displayed in, nor how structurally sound the framework is. As long as the chops take the day, then the music must be good music. Ugh, like serious gut level ugh. That to me is the height of intellectualism at the expense of heart and spirit. It's the idea that perfect is better than, well, anything else. That our flaws need to be sanded away, our kinks worked out, our humanity corrected beyond reproach. It smothers, crushes, kills the life spirit. Now, it's true that for some people, technical proficiency is heart, is spirit. They find their life spirit in towering feats of greatness. And in that case, they've met their soulmate in Chops Over Song. I love that. But this is not that. This is repression, fear of emotional expression or any kind of vulnerability, even a form of self-loathing. I've met and worked with uh, a ton of musicians for whom it's clear that chops are the only thing that matters. Ugh. This is not to say that I don't appreciate and strive for proficiency. First, there has to be a base level competence that takes a performance and or creation beyond hobby and into the realm of the professional. Second, there are times in a song when a display of high technical proficiency comes at the exact right time and the exact right way, so that it uplifts the intent of the song even more. A scorching solo, a breathtaking vocal run, a drum fill that you can't get out of your body once you hear it. But in all those cases, and so many more, what truly makes those flourishes work, what makes chops relevant at all, is the integrity of the framework itself. It's how fucking well-written the song is, how the combination of inspiration and architectural craft meld to produce great works. I'd rather a song be amazing, played and recorded with full-on spirit, and the playing be less than perfect, than a bunch of masturbatory show-offs proving to themselves and the world how much work they put in, how much better they are. Guitar masters whose songs are incredibly forgettable. 
vocal acrobats whose melismas destroy both the melody and the words. Flash, for Flash's sake. The internet is full of this too. The world. So many of us, well-known or not, want to express what we feel and think, want to be heard, seen, felt, understood, and so few of us take time to craft our feeling and knowledge into a form that is structurally sound, that will hold up to scrutiny, that will be eminently understood and remembered by others, beyond an unhinged rant or self-aggrandizing lecture. Or on the other side, some of us want our expression to be too perfect, to show the world that we're smarter, more informed, writer. There is a marriage here that creates the best of any form. There is a balance between mind and heart, chops and songs, controlling the output and just letting go. And that balance is found by remembering that the whole point of expression is to connect. We need to reinforce this over and over as desperate and crucial a state as the frameworks of this world are in right now. It's how we get each other to hear the words and meaning and understand why they matter. How we use our feeling and our brains to connect. And the more we connect, the more we fix the frameworks that need fixing. I rewrote this a few times. Not all of it, but, but the, the middle part, the beginning. Um, as I was trying to you know, understand the concept even more myself as I, as I was fleshing it out. Because I've always had this, this notion. Um, and you, know, you could say, that, and some people could say that it might be this the kind of defensive response against a certain level of technical proficiency and something like that. And you know, maybe part of it is, I don't know. But I know that um, I believe it and I can back it up. And so I'm, you know, I'm gonna state it even more clearly, hopefully, than I, than I did there. And that is that really anybody, not anybody, but many, many, many people who just put their hours in can get really, really good at anything if they have you know, the, the, the parts to do it and the, and the wherewithal to do it. Um, so what? You know, that's a so what. I don't know how, you know, how better to say it. it it's, that's great and it has a purpose. It serves, it's, it has its place, it serves a purpose. But that to me, that's not what music is about. It's not really what any part of life is about. You know, if you, you spend, if you spend too much time getting, you know, getting perfect at something and lose the, you know, lose the connection of why you're doing it in the first place, uh, you, again, you might wow somebody right off the bat, or you might connect with those people who only really care about that perfection, but you're going to, you're going to lose a lot more connection than you're going to gain because you're focusing just way too, way too much on perfection, you know, and I think perfection is, is a kind of the, you know, antithesis of connection in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, this whole podcast and everything I do really is about this, is about this kind of balance. It's about wanting to be good at something, wanting to be good and better as you go. And, and, and not just that, but more than, more than just a hobbyist. And, uh, and yet 
never losing sight of where the feeling and the inspiration come from and, 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 and what, what, what you're putting it in, how you're presenting it, how you, how you are um, crafting it into a, a framework that other people can understand that makes sense uh, and, that, and that really shows, even shows off the uh, emotional part of the feeling, the inspiration part of it, even better than when something is too top heavy, when you have, uh, and hey, if you're a fan, wonderful, but when you have like a Joe Satriani solo that sits on top of a song that could be honestly any, anything, could be anything. It's, if you took away the solo and just listened to the music, you, you know, you'd be like, this is music, you know, like this is something good. I, who did this? You know, it's proficiently played, but what is it, you know? And yeah, there are probably some Satriani songs that also have this kind of, uh, you know, craft in the song itself that then takes his solos, the things he does best, and enhances them to the point of, of, of a much greater meaning, you know? It's like saying, free spirit I love and I'm going to, you know, go around and love the world, but you're not actually taking any action and doing doing anything in the context of some framework. Um, it's great that you, you know, you've got all that, but it's got to, there's got to be somewhere for it to go, you know? And I've found that a lot of, um, there are a lot of vocalists who are just incredibly technically proficient, who may not be as connected to kind of their emotional life or really their freedom uh, to be quirky and flawed and weird and different. And so they gloss over that by, you know, creating these like perfect vocal runs, the melismas that I talked about, or, or, you know, really every chance there is to hold out a note instead of just holding it out for a certain amount or clipping it or, you know, doing something guttural with it. They've got to do this incredible, these, these acrobats. And, you know, I know people personally who are, that's, that's their thing. They're super impressed by that. And for me, it's, I honestly, I can, I can hear in my head some of those vocal runs to an extent, but not note for note. So they're not super memorable. And I honestly don't remember the songs that any of them are in because for me, it always starts with the song. It's the whole point of this is it always starts with the song. The song comes first for me. The song will come first and last for me. And what happens in between you know, it's, it's, it's up to each individual to do it the way they know how, the best way they know how, which may not be anywhere near the most technically proficient. But if that, if that structure, that song, also created from inspiration, has that, mm, it's, it, it has itself something memorable about it. It's why cover songs work so well of, of well-known songs, because the songs themselves are great. And, you know, and then you can play a bluegrass version of a heavy metal song and it's still going to be awesome or whatever, or, you know, or what have you. I remember, um, you know, uh, way back when I was uh, starting to put out EPs and demos and things to try to get, you know, signed to a label. And I went to a music conference and a guy was up there talking and he almost quoted verbatim something that I put in my bio that had to do with my musical experience and, and background and training and all that stuff. Something I wouldn't bother to really put in anything now. But it was, you know, I was young and I was trying to say, hey, I know how to do this, right? And his comment was, show me in the music. And, you know, 
I think on the one hand he was right in that you shouldn't need to say that, you know, it should just come out in the music. But on the other hand, I think, you know, what got me was the thought that, you know, what else he might have meant was that the music itself needed to have some kind of glossy, you know, obvious intelligence to it in order for, you know, it to be appreciated. And I, and I, you know, that's something that uh, if that's what he meant, I can, you know, I completely disagree with. There's nothing less intelligent to me about, let's say, a Ramon song than there is about, a, you know, a Bach piece. You know, they're just two totally different animals uh, with different purposes, you know. And, uh, and so, you know, that's, that's really what the, you know, what this all came from was that idea that, you know, also too, don't let, don't, it's the idea that don't let, you thinking that you need to be better at something than you are right now stop you from just doing it. Just get out there, whatever it is, and, and, and do it. Create an idea that you think will work. Think through it, you know, really understand what it is you're trying to get across, but then go and do it. You know, you don't have, the, have to have the greatest speaking voice to give a speech or the greatest you know, the spelling and grammar to write something, to write something well, but you do have to know what you're writing and what your purpose is and what you're trying to get across to the, to the specific audience that you're reaching out to. So it's, that's that base level of proficiency, but perfection does, first of all, doesn't exist and it, it kills pretty much everything that lives. So, um, you know, and, 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 and on the other hand, the people who feel like they are amazing at something or smarter than others and, and want to show that off in a certain way are really just, you know, shouting with, with bullhorns, either, you know, through videos or audio or, you know, posts online and things like that. And, you know, it might attract the most attention in the moment, but so do a million other things. There are a million, billion other things that, that, that ga grab our attention that we then just forget. And it's the things that, it's the things that are, are able to meld that, you know, heart and mind together, you know, with the emphasis on a strong structure and, and really the, the inspiration, the heart, that are the most memorable, that will last with us. Uh, that's my spiel. So uh, hope you enjoyed it or I hope you hated it. I hope it sparked something in you. Please, uh, as always, comment below or message me, how, whatever it is you want to say, create your own video and send me the link to that video. I want to know what you think about all this. I want to know what you feel about all this, what you agree and disagree with. Uh, because as always, uh, for me, it's music and conversation and connection. Thank you for watching and listening and reading and clicking and sharing and subscribing. And I will see you next week. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, 
and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.